DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. What a big couple days we got coming up in Broncos country. We find out the Broncos schedule tomorrow night at 6 p.m. We're going to be doing a live show, breaking it down right when the schedule drops. We've got rookie mini camp coming up this week. And we've got a great conversation on deck today. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, DraftKings, where right now they're giving you a chance to bet $5 to win $150 in free bets. All you have to do is place a $5 bet uh, on any NBA money line for this playoffs, and you get $150 in free bets if you do. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer my boy mace how are you doing today i'm fine i'm just uh currently uh, uh working with the abacus right now for uh mm. for what we're going to discuss today you're crunching some numbers yep i am you and today this week has also been a really good week in the mile high city it's been an mvp week of course on monday we found out that nikola Jokic is going to win mvp then tuesday uh there's some national people starting to jump on the bandwagon of russ being the mvp in the nfl so mvp is in the air we talked about you know would you take 3500 yards 35 passing touchdowns from russ for this year we all said yes for his his best season as a Bronco. Ryan and May said yes. I said no. So we were kind of talking numbers, talking MVPs for Russ since he doesn't have any. And why don't we just jump right in, Mace, and talk about what an MVP season would look like for Russell Wilson. And I want to start off this conversation, Mace, by asking you where you think he should be in terms of uh, how should he rank among others? Should he be in the top five? Should he be in the top 10 entering the season? Uh, and, and I'm going to base this off of uh, our friends over at DraftKings. Where, where would you put him? Okay. I mean, just in general and quarterback quality and, and where you say he, he stacks up. Well, he's he'd be behind Aaron Rodgers. Okay. He'd be One. behind Patrick Mahomes. Two. He'd be behind Tom Brady. Three. Um, he'd be behind Josh Allen Four. and five is maybe where you kind of get into the conversation, but I think kind of given what we learned last year, especially in, um, in January, I'd say he's behind Joe Burrow. So I'd expect, I'd say a reasonable expectation is second half of the top 10. Okay. Mace, I mean, you're pretty much right there. So you had him right at sixth. Mace, there was one well, other that's guy five that's better. And I, I didn't, we could get into others because you could argue about Justin Herbert. You could argue about Deshaun Watson when he gets back to Cleveland. Uh, you could argue about, uh, about Matthew Stafford, for example. 
No, Mace, and you're yeah. you're right there. I you you were yeah. pretty much spot on. There was one other guy that DraftKings at least, and DraftKings is just where the odds are. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're right and you're wrong on this. There was one other guy that they had ahead of Russell Wilson, but you got the, the other five. It's Justin Herbert within the AFC West. So they had Russell Wilson coming in with the seventh best odds to win MVP. And like, like you kind of went through Mace, I think that's probably right around where he should be kind of a borderline top five is where he is at plus 1400. I'm going to go through those odds on DraftKings really quick. You're right. Josh Allen, number one plus 700. So he's got two times uh, the odds of winning than Russell Wilson. Patrick Mahomes at plus 900. Aaron Rodgers at plus 1,000. Justin Herbert is tied with him along with Tom Brady. So Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, all plus 1,000. You have Joe Burrow checking in at plus 1,200. And then Russell Wilson coming in at plus 1,400. Now he is a little bit ahead of Matthew Stafford, who's at plus 1,500, of Dak Prescott, who's at plus 1,600. And maybe the most interesting guy on this list, Mace, Jalen Hurts at plus 1,800. He's in the top 10, which is pretty crazy in my mind. Well, I mean, I think it's a different metric when we're talking about MVP odds versus uh, best quarterback. Sometimes you see Certainly. sometimes you see someone like, like that who they you say, all right, well, we've put the pieces around him and – Maybe he's going to explode. Maybe take that next level. It's sort of the unknown thing. I mean, remember two years ago, there were some pundits out there who were suggesting that Drew Locke might be an MVP MVP <laughs> candidate because of what the Broncos had brought in at receiver. So that that's where you kind of would get into saying, oh, we could if if he flourishes with those targets. We could see him be that dark horse MVP. Every almost every year, there's one quarterback that you that is a dark that is that dark horse who who gets some action from coming in out of nowhere. And a couple of years ago, it was Locke, and last year it was, and this year it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah, it, it, you're right. And uh, I would way rather put my money on Derek Carr at plus 2,200 than Jalen Hurts at plus 1,800. And I'm an Alabama guy. I think Jalen can have a really good year this year. But MVP, I'm not quite sure about that. So now let's get let's get back to Russ. Mace, what, what, what are some numbers that he has to do in order to be in the conversation and, and win it? Ooh, because I'm still finishing calculating those right now. Um... Well, let's just take we've had we've had nine consecutive quarterbacks be MVPs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last Point. one, last non-quarterback breaks my heart to say this. Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. when he beat Peyton Manning, although in in my mind it's it should have been Peyton. Yeah, but at the same time, we were still in an environment where two thousand yards got you uh the MVP, no questions asked. And we've had one 2,000-yard rusher since Derrick Henry. And he and didn't he get didn't it. win. Right. He didn't, I, you know, if that precedent was set by Adrian Peterson by just getting 2,000 yards, and it was believed if he didn't get it in that final mm-hmm. game, then he wouldn't have been the MVP. If he got the 2,000 yards, then he was going to get MVP. Then, then that should hold true because getting 2,000 rushing yards is still quite an accomplishment, and Derrick Henry did that. Okay. All right, I'm going to start with touchdowns here. And this is like okay. – this is – the this is the ticket for entry Mm. um in seven of the last nine years the mvp has accounted for at least 40 total touchdowns that's touchdown passes for and touchdown runs combined uh 
Aaron Rodgers last year, 37 touchdown passes, three touchdown runs. Uh, he accounted for 51 the year before. Lamar Jackson, 43 in 2019. Mahomes, 52 in 2018. And then a couple of exceptions with Brady and Ryan, but then Cam had 45 and 15. Rodgers had 40 in, in, six, in 14. And Peyton Manning, in his record-breaking season, 55 touchdown passes, one touchdown run. So I'd so, say, so really I would quickness. say the minimum, the ticket for entry is 40 total touchdowns. Okay, and really quick, you said there was one year where Brady didn't have 40? He had 32 touchdowns, 8 picks, 2017 when he was MVP. This is MVP years only. And that was uh, that when Carson Wentz, Kale and I were talking about this before the show, that's when Carson Wentz seemed to be the MVP until the final three weeks of the season when he got hurt. And Carson Wentz was on pace to have the touchdown. So to add to your argument, Mace, uh, I think that, that helps your argument that the the one year that Tom Brady didn't have 40 touchdowns and one MVP, Carson Wentz was actually on track to become the MVP. Uh, and, and I think we lost Mace there. But I, I, li- I like that, that 40 touchdowns to get in the conversation. And that's something that when we talked about this a couple of days ago on this show, I pushed back on the notion of, 35 touchdowns for Russell Wilson. I would not take that for his best season as a Bronco because I think he's capable of 40 touchdowns. And in fact, we've seen him do that once. He had over 40 touchdowns and 11 interceptions in a single season. Uh, And in my opinion, Russell Wilson and his time with the Broncos should win MVP. He should be in the MVP conversation multiple years when he's on this team. Every year? No, not necessarily, but he should be in that conversation. And if he does, it is getting 40 touchdowns. And so what what I want to do now when we wait for Mace to come back, I want to look at the stats of the past couple of MVPs that the that the NFL has had. Of course, the past two have been Aaron Rodgers. Last year, Aaron Rodgers did not lead the league in passing touchdowns. That was Tom Brady. He had 43 passing touchdowns, uh, and Aaron Rodgers actually only had 37 passing touchdowns, but with the rushing, like May said, he topped 40. So Aaron Rodgers had the fourth most passing touchdowns in the NFL. He had 4,100 yards through the air. He had a 68.9 completion percentage, which was the second best in the NFL, only to Joe Burrow. And his QBR, though, best in the league, 69.1. And passer rating, best in the league, 111.9. And here's the kicker. Aaron Rodgers had four interceptions. Four interceptions last year, which for a starting quarterback was the fewest in the NFL by far for a starting quarterback. So, boom, you got to get 40 touchdowns, and then you have to have just a couple of interceptions. At least that's what Aaron Rodgers' formula was the past two years. Mace, I'm just going through the numbers of, of the most recent MVPs and pointing out how, yes, Aaron hit that 40 threshold of touchdowns, he didn't, you don't have to lead the league in touchdowns. You just have to hit that threshold. And then interceptions being minimal was really important for Aaron Rodgers. And then the year before that, it was the exact same thing. Macy hit that 40 touchdown threshold. He had 48 touchdowns. And two years ago, he only had five interceptions. So really minimizing that risk uh, and, and those mistakes makes it so that you, you don't have to you don't have to lead the league in passing yards. You don't have to lead the league uh, in passing touchdowns because Aaron Rodgers didn't d- didn't do that. He didn't lead the league in passing yards and touchdowns his two years. 
Yeah, the other thing, I mean, you look at the last year, he had 5.3 touchdowns for every one interception. The year before, mm. 9.6. The only quarterback in the last nine who was MVP who did not have at least a 4-1 to one touchdown interception ratio was uh, Cam Newton. He was 3.5-1. to one. But he had the 10 rushing touchdowns, which is right. the most for any MVP candidate. So basically, if we t- if we take total touchdowns instead of just touchdown passes and uh, and then do it by the touchdown interception ratio, then the minimum the minimum entry is four to one. So if so, not only does Russ have to account for 40 touchdowns, he's got to have no more than 10 interceptions. That, yeah. that's that that's that is the maximum he could have with exactly 40 touchdowns of course he had 44 touchdowns he could have 11 interceptions but then the other thing that we're not uh noting here is if he does that what if someone else does it and does it a little bit better because uh, because like two years ago lamar jackson had seven touchdown had seven touchdowns for every one interception in terms of total touchdowns including runs seven touchdowns generated for every one pick and Mace, it's a really good point. You got to get 40 touchdowns combined and also that four to one interception, touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, and you can even make the case that just through the air, you have to have that four to one touchdown to interception ratio. While Lamar had the seven to one, including mm-hmm. runs that year, he had exactly four to one through the air, 36 touchdowns through the air, nine interceptions. In fact, in the past four or five seasons, Every single MVP quarterback uh, has had at least a four to one. Patrick Mahomes has had the most interceptions. For no, he had, MVP he, had, season. he had six interceptions that year. Who did? Well, Lamar Jackson. He had nine interceptions in 2020. He had six in 2019. He was six. Um, he was six to one. You're right. You're right. You're oh, right. Yeah. His you're touchdown right. percentage which, which was, was nine. Which was even better. Yeah. Which was even better. Uh, and there was one guy in the past five years who has had more than 10 interceptions and won an MVP. That was Patrick Mahomes when he had 12 interceptions. But by the way, he had 50 passing touchdowns. So he even beat that four to one. So that's what you're looking at. And here's the good thing about Russ. He typically has over a four to one touchdown to interception ratio. He does. Now, that being said, let's see what happens when you have an offense that is tailored more to his skill set and probably tests uh, defenses deep a little bit more. That is one thing that may spike the interception rate a little bit above his, his norm. He might have more tu- it might have more touchdowns, but it might be that he ends up with something like like let's say he's got 42 touchdowns. Well, it might well be 14 interceptions. Now you'd be perfectly happy with that. If, if you're the Broncos, consider what you have, what you've had before. You'll be ecstatic if he has 42 touchdowns and 14 picks. That's a that that is a three to one ratio, though, and that probably takes him out of MVP of MVP consideration. And that's kind of what happened in 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 a couple of the years when he was in that race. He led the league in passing touchdowns, Mace, in 2017. He had 34 passing touchdowns. He had 11 interceptions, and that is not that 4-1. to one. However, in 2018, he had 35 touchdowns to only 7 interceptions. Bingo, that hits that threshold. In 2019, he had 35 or 31 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. Bingo, that hits that ratio with flying colors. Two years ago, 40 touchdowns. However, 
13 interceptions. That does not hit the four to one ratio. And then last year, he wasn't close to 40 touchdowns, only 25, but only six picks as well. And when you look at Russ's career, he has more seasons under or fewer than 10 interceptions than he does seasons of more than 10 interceptions. Right. And so, I mean, I think it's, I think it would, it would not surprise me if at some point, if he has the MVP, but I don't, I don't see it as, I don't see it as likely this year. I, Mm. I, I I think someone else gets it. I think other quarterbacks are going to have slightly better seasons. I mean, again, the standard is, is just, it's very high to be an MVP and you're asking a quarterback to come in first year in a scheme, first year with a coach, first year with the receivers and someone who hasn't been an MVP before. Unlike Peyton Manning had been the MVP, what uh, three times in Indianapolis uh, when he came to Denver, Uh, Russell Wilson hasn't reached that level yet. So I think uh, asking him to do it this year is probably a really big stretch. Mace, this may be uh, too much of an ask off the top of your head, but do you know the last time uh, a player won MVP his first season with the team? Um, or if it's ever been done? I can. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I can find out. I can look up uh, MVPs here really quick. I actually because have... when when you when you do that, Mace, yeah. you know, uh, of course, we've talked about and brought up how the past two years, a team that has a new quarterback has won the Super Bowl. That's not the same case with MVP because Aaron Rodgers has taken that the last two years. Tom Brady did not get it when he went to the Buccaneers, and of mm-hmm. course, Matthew Stafford did not get it last year with the Rams. Yeah, I mean, you obviously had uh, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes in 2018. It was his first year as a starter, but right. not his first year uh, with the team. And so, right. let's see. Uh, even like Kurt Warner was on the Rams roster as a backup quarterback in 1998, the year before he won it all in 1999. So yep. not him. Uh, I'll put it to you this way. I'm I'm back at I'm all all the way back at 1984 right now, and I'm not there. There you um, go. So and that just that, yeah, that shows that it's yeah. it's difficult to do to to your point, Mason. Also, when we talked about uh, the numbers, I threw out: Would you take 4,500 passing yards and 35 touchdowns for Russ this year? We all said absolutely, without a question. Uh, that doesn't hit the the forty passing touchdown yeah. mark, Mace. I think. By the way, oh, it did happen in nineteen. It happened in nineteen sixty eight. Okay, so and then, it happened years. in nineteen sixty eight, and then it happened eleven years earlier. Jim Brown was MVP as a rookie for Cleveland in nineteen fifty seven. Okay. In ni- in nineteen sixty eight, it was it was a backup quarterback who came in. It was Earl Marl who came in for an injured Johnny Unitas. And threw 26 touchdown passes against 17 picks, led the league in touchdown passes, led the league in yards per attempt, yet led the league in yards per completion, and that was an MVP season. And wait, how many passing touchdowns? 26. 26. How it was a different, about that? It was a different time back then. It, yes, it, how the times have changed. Yeah, so that, that and that. I, I think, I think there's, there's two more wrinkles to this, and one of them I think is really big. And I want to get to those, but first I got to tell you about our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, where they are celebrating the Avalanche playoffs and the hometown craft beer of the Avs by doing something really cool. They want to give back to those that have supported the community. Uh, they want to support the community, and they want to give back to the Avs fans by giving away Avs tickets to a pair of community stars each home game during the playoffs 
even in the Stanley Cup Finals. So they invite you to nominate a stellar community member and Avs fan who should get the chance to celebrate at a playoff game this season. Each home game, they're going to hook up one person and a friend with tickets, gear to match, and of course, the drink of the season, the Avalanche Ale. And Breckenridge Brewery will also donate a portion of all proceeds of sales of Avalanche Ale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit the Marshall Fire victims. This is so cool what Breck is doing. They are giving back to the community, and they're also allowing fans to go to games. So if you want to nominate a community star, Go to breckbrew.com and you can find the link and exactly how to apply from there. And of course, get some Breckenridge beers yourself. The Avs are rolling. Might as well get in on the Avalanche Ale with Breckenridge Brewery. Also get in on the DMVR bar, of course. The watch parties, at least for the Avs, we're going to have to wait a few days on that as uh, they wait on the start of the second round, but still plenty of things going on at the DNVR bar. Anytime you come on down, you can get big beer for the price of a small beer. If you're a DNVR member, you can have some food, some, you know, actually it's, if you want a more mellow DNVR bar experience, come down when there isn't a watch party and something. I know, Hey, sometimes you want to have fun. You want to cheer, but sometimes it's just nice to have a, a good, a good meal in a good environment uh, without all the hubbub. And so come on down to DNVR bar when there isn't, a watch party and of course if you are a member like i said big beer for the price of a small beer and then of course discounts on merchandise and one of the big reasons why you should become a dmvr member is the fact that if you become a dmvr member you get a free t-shirt and merchandise discount so if you love all the stuff being cranked out at the dnvr locker all the great t-shirts and, and swag and all that then you become a subscription to you become a subscriber to dnvr then you basically you pay your subscription pays for itself with what you get in t-shirts so check all that out become a dmvr member today and also make sure to check out our friends over at DraftKings sportsbook where like i told you earlier they are giving you 150 dollars in free bets all you have to do place a five dollar bet on any nba money line playoff game you get 150 dollars and you get all of the winnings that you earn off of that bet and you can also use that 150 dollars to bet on more nba playoffs you can use it on a russ future bet of plus 1400 to be the mvp you can use it uh on the abs to win the Stanley cup and their odds are just getting worse and worse because they are looking better and better. You can do so many things over at DraftKings Sportsbook, including creating your own same game parlays. If you want to get in a parlay, but you want it all in the same game, that is what DraftKings is doing with their same game parlays. And they are making a big incentive to do those. They're giving you a free bet back up to $25 if one of your parlay legs doesn't hit in the same game parlay. You must combine three or more legs in the same game parlay. And if you bet, you can get $25 back if one leg doesn't hit. So there's some insurance to go make a same game parlay over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $150 in just betting $5 on any NBA team to win there again that's 150 dollars in free bets over at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older colorado only new customers only minimum five dollar deposit restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right mace i said there's a couple more things we need to get to and i think there's one that is very very important and it kind of revolves around the nikola Jokic debate because when the news broke this week that Jokic was going to be named the MVP, so many people across the country that didn't like that, thought it should have been someone else, said, 
well, he's not playing anymore. Uh, it should, it shouldn't be him because he's not in the playoffs anymore. And, uh, what those people don't realize is it's a regular season award given out to the best player, not to the best player on the best team. It's given out to the best player. Now, typically, your team has to be good in the NBA in order for you to get it. You, you typically have to make the playoffs. But in the NFL, Mace, it's different. You pretty much have to be the best player on the best team at the quarterback position because what we've seen the past five years is exactly that. You have to go back to 2016 for the last time there was an MVP who wasn't the one seed in their respective conference, not just division conference that is what we're looking at matt ryan was the two seed with the falcons when he was the named the mvp in 2016 and 2017 and 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and in 2021 the past five years every guy that has won the mvp has been the number one seed in their conference wait muted well if you want to go back a step further um and look at at MVPs, not only is uh, is it usually the one seed. I'm 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 trying to find out honestly the last time an MVP didn't make the playoffs, and I'm scrolling down the list here. Uh, I'm at. Uh, oh my gosh! I mean, we're already has it has it ever happened? 1973. Wow! And you know why? That was O.J. Simpson becoming the first 2,000-yard rusher in NFL history. Wow. In other words, to be an MVP without being in the postseason, and, and, and they had a winning record, you have to be so transcendent that you literally have to do something that's never been done before. So, for example, uh, and the other thing, if, so, for example, if you're a quarterback, you'd have to set the touchdown pass record potentially to be an MVP without going to the playoffs. But the thing is quarterback is so tied to success that if you break the touchdown pass record, you're going to the playoffs unless right. you have the worst defense in the history of the league. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, really you're going to have, you're going to have, and as it's become a quarterback award, I mean, not only is Adrian, not only Adrian Peterson 10 years ago, he's the last non quarterback to get it, but he is the only non quarterback to get in the last 15 years. It has become a quarterback award, and there's no position more tied to team success than quarterback. So basically, uh, th that's why, honestly, Zach, I think MVP needs to be changed. And maybe it either needs to be called MVP and then have Offensive Player of the Year be a non-quarterback or call it QB of the Year. Right. That's what that's what this award is. But that, that is what this award has become as the game has become even more quarterback centric than it already was. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it just shows you that you have to. So, Mace, we're, we're kind of getting to some numbers. Yeah. You got to get 40 or more touchdowns, got to have a four to one touchdown to interception ratio, and you have to be the number one seed uh, in the AFC or in the AFC, the entire AFC. And that's going to be really hard for Russ to do each year. Now, I think he's going to accomplish that a couple of years in his tenure, but it's hard to go into uh, every single year, a single season and say, he's going to do that just because the chiefs uh, are going to be super competitive. The chargers, the Raiders are going to be super competitive. We're not just saying win the division. We're saying win the AFC. And one thing we talked about is how this division can cannibalize itself by being so good where two or three teams, maybe even four could make it. 
into the playoffs each year. But what's going to happen is it's going to be two 11-win teams, uh, a 10-win team, and a 9-win team. You're not going to – it's not going to be as easy to have that 13-14 win team, whereas in another division, you could see a team taking off and having 14 wins because their division is just so bad. Yeah, I mean, who is the favorite? Who on the betting odds right now that you mentioned earlier? Who is the the current number one choice for MVP? Josh Allen. Okay, well there you go. In a division that does have another team that made the playoffs last year in New England and has a very interesting uh, team in Miami that uh, has had a couple of winning seasons in the last three in the last three years. At the same time that's not the level of competition that you're going to see in the AFC West. Buffalo and Josh Allen should win that division by a couple of games. And certainly with all respect, due respect to the jets, those are probably two free spaces on the board. When you play the jets, two free spaces that do not exist when you're playing the AFC West. And then on top of that, in interconference play, you draw the NFC West, which means you have to play LA and San Francisco and Arizona. So mm-hmm. it all it, just, it all comes together to make a lot of sense for Josh Allen to be the, the favorite. And honestly, even though we have not seen a non-quarterback BMVP in a decade, the guy I'd have kind of as the dark horse who might even settle in behind there. And again, similar thing, not a great division, could go off. Would be uh, would be Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. Mm, and Jonathan Taylor, I'm happy you mentioned a non-quarterback, Mace, because he has the best non-quarterback odds right. to be MVP, tied with Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, and Derrick Henry. All of those guys are at plus five thousand. So still, way still long odds. There's still yeah, long still- odds, but. Very long odds. If he gets off to a good start and the Colts get off to a good start, and again, if if their thing is, for whatever reason, they can't beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville, if they ever figure out how to beat Jacksonville and Jacksonville, then two wins over Jacksonville, two wins over Houston right there. is, And then at this moment, based on what's happened to the Titans and the moves, they, moves they've had to make, I'd say that the Colts are a better team than the Titans. You may disagree. I would take Matt Ryan over Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. especially especially both are handing off to alphas at running back yeah but ryan Tannehill hasn't done much of anything without the alpha to hand off to whereas matt ryan he's had some good running backs nothing like jonathan taylor and he's had some excellent seasons so that's why i'm going to say that's part of why i'm going to say matt ryan's better than Tannehill. um but indianapolis if they get going it's unlikely that it's going to be matt ryan having an otherworldly season Matt Ryan might be a comeback player of the year candidate if they have that kind of year, but Jonathan Taylor is probably going to be the the guy that's carrying the load. I I, I don't think there's any, and I don't think there is any, um, I don't think there's any non quarterback who was better who can legitimately set, be said to have a chance at MVP because oh by the way, Cooper Cup last year had that kind of season that no receivers ever had right in terms yep. of overall accomplishment. Yep. He still didn't get MVP. The, yeah. There was a moment where a receiver could have gotten MVP based on doing something unique in NFL history statistically, and he didn't. 
Yeah, and and that's why if I was going to bet on two non-quarterbacks, it would only be Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. I think they're both going to have very similar roles for their team, just Mm -hmm. carrying the team. But I I think Derrick Henry is going to have an even bigger role in that of carrying the team. So I put my money on Derrick Henry. I think you you make a totally fine argument Mm -hmm. uh, doing it with Jonathan Taylor as well. But I completely agree. There's nothing a wide receiver can do now because Mm -hmm. you know what? If that wide receiver has a monster season – they're just going to give it to that quarterback who was throwing him the ball because this is uh, a, a quarterback award. And really quick, Mace, while we're on the topic, on the Broncos, there is someone that is getting MVP odds that you can bet on for a non-quarterback. Guess who has the best odds, according to DraftKings, to be named the MVP whose name is not Russell Wilson? Jerry Hootie. Bingo. Jerry Judy at plus 10,000. Who had no touchdowns last year. Think about that. Which is crazy. You know what? Absolutely crazy. There's a, even though he did return from injury in the second half of the year, there's a comeback player of the year Mm -hmm. candidate. If yeah. he has that kind of seat. So. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And yeah. Uh, uh, Jose guessed Javante Williams. Javante Williams is on here. He's at plus 15,000. So a pretty wide gap between Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. Uh, and what's, what blows my mind is that Jerry Judy is ahead of Tyreek Hill in the MVP uh, d- discussion, which is just crazy. It shows you uh, what DraftKings thinks of Russell Wilson in a good way and what they don't think of Teddy Bridgewater uh, and two down there. It's pretty, pretty crazy to look at. Uh, but Cortland well, Sutton, by the way, yeah, plus 30,000. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is uh, on the Dolphins uh, Twitter account, uh, they had a hype video of Tua throwing to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And the ball is underthrown, and you can you, the Tyreek. You can see when he catches it is coming back for the ball. <laughs> it reminds me of last year yeah. during uh, during the uh, Teddy and Drew uh, battle when I think it was like a closed practice or something, mm-hmm. and they showed the defense getting an interception, but they didn't show the quarterback that threw it in it their was- video clip. But the quarter, but. Teddy Bridgewater was on the sideline yeah. standing next to Brett Rippon. So everyone was like, wait, it was Drew who threw it because the, the other quarterbacks were on the sideline. That may have been the most pathetic moment of the last five years of, uh, of uh, or six seasons of being in the quarterback abyss. Yep. Sitting there looking at a Broncos hype video from an OTA practice, <laughs> watching it like the Zapruder film. Yeah, pausing it and saying like back into the left, back into the left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the depths oh, we had to I, go through in a quarterback I battle. Don't miss that at all. I don't either. And Mace, there, there's one more thing when talking about Russell Wilson. He has never received an MVP vote before. I think that could change this year, even if he doesn't win MVP. That will certainly change in his tenure with the Broncos. But we had some people debating this earlier in the comment section. Why? Why hasn't he ever received an MVP MVP vote? Do people not like him? I actually think that will be a benefit to him now because you know a voter fatigue. I think Aaron Rodgers is really going to have voter fatigue this year. Tom Brady, he's probably been the MVP uh, more than just the times he's won the award. Uh, But people just don't really want to vote for you uh, after you win it time and time again. Just why Bill Belichick doesn't have like 10 coach of the year awards. 
I think Russell Wilson's going to benefit from the opposite of that. I think people are going to say, Russ has never had an MVP. I'm going to give him a little benefit of the doubt. Uh, and Russ also is going to be in the spotlight so much more, not only nationally televised games, but he's been in the spotlight maybe more than any other quarterback in the NFL this offseason. He's, he's already got so much attention. He's going to get more attention. And on top of that, Mace, He's a good guy. He's an easy guy to like and to cheer for. So I think the intangibles, Russ is actually going to get a big boost from that this year. Well, the other thing also, that the voting is different in the NFL than in other sports because you don't have first, second, and third choice in the NFL. The way it's done is you vote for the MVP and that's it. You don't have a second choice. You don't have a third choice. So if you had second and third choice, I'm sure we would have seen Russell Wilson over the years at various right. points to get some votes. But that hasn't happened. By the way, back when Peyton Manning became the most recent Denver Bronco to win MVP in 2013, did you know that his selection was not unanimous? Wait, who say that again? Peyton Manning, 2013, when he broke no all the records, way. there was one vote for Tom Brady, who had uh. 25 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So he had... 30 fewer touchdowns and one more interception than Peyton Manning. Get and out of here. Somebody voted for Tom Brady over, over Peyton Manning. Think about that. that. When, when that happens, and especially in baseball before there was, you know, one unanimous guy, that is for, for the Hall of Fame. Those people need to be stripped of their rights right away because clearly they don't know what the heck they're talking about. Right. I, Peyton should have been a unanimous choice, and he yep. wasn't. Lamar Jackson was a unanimous choice, but he should have wow. been. Wow, he should yeah. have been. That was it. That the the twelve hundred rushing yards, over three thousand yard passing, thirty six touchdowns, and then seven rushing touchdowns. He had a unicorn. He had a unicorn year. If you do, if you have the type of year that we haven't seen before from from any from any position, especially the quarterback position, we're talking about MVP. You should get. You should be a unanimous choice. Yep, uh, 100%. Yeah, and if Derrick Henry... Should, yeah, Peyton should have been unanimous. If if Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor run for 2,500 yards this yes. season, even though there's 17 games, they should be the... And, and take their team to the playoffs, they should absolutely be the unanimous MVP. And you know what? Because of 17 games, 2,500 might be what it takes. Right. To be Seriously. MVP, let alone unanimous. If yeah. You're, if you're... Now... Now, with Jonathan Taylor, the thing, maybe it doesn't take that many yards, but it might take something audacious. Like, what? What? I wonder, what? what is the record for yards from scrimmage for a player? It's mm, a good question. All right, NFL. I'm going to, let's see, we're going to get out the uh, NFL. I, I don't want career leaders pro football reference. I want, <laughs> I want season. <laughs> Single career. season. Single season. All right, let's go. Let's put this in the univac here. All right. The record is Chris Johnson back in 2009, 25-09. By the way, that year Peyton Manning got uh, – uh, that was his fourth MVP. He got his fifth when he came to Denver. So I, I think I was off by one when I mentioned uh, that that earlier. So 25-09, and he didn't get the MVP. So that that is the all-purpose yardish record. And I mentioned that because Jonathan Taylor, part, part of his gift is being an excellent pass catcher. You might literally have to be talking about 2600 yards from scrimmage for Jonathan Taylor to where he's even to where he's in the MVP conversation. By the way, Christian McCaffrey, third all-time in yards from scrimmage in a season, 2392 back in 2019 and he didn't even get a vote. 
because of what oh, Lamar Jackson did. Because, again, it's all about the quarterback. And yep. Baltimore was really good that year. Carolina was not good. So the other element of that, what we've talked about, your team's got to be great too. Yep, exactly. So I, I don't even think it's yards from scrimmage. I think it's just pure yeah. rushing yards. That uh, that that is crazy. And with all of these numbers, if you need something just to uh to, to relax yourself, check out our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where they are giving you twenty five percent off all non sale items by using the code DNVR. Whether you go to their website Lightshade.com or whether you go in to one of their eleven Denver Metro locations, and they just opened their biggest location, the Barnum location. It's one block off 6th and Federal, and it's their biggest store where they have specialty products not offered at other locations. They've got something for everyone. And they also have Ripple, which is a fast-acting dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy, and it starts absorbing within 10 minutes. So you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. So check them out over at lightshade.com. Use that code DNVR, or when you're in one of their 11 stores, use the code DNVR for 25% off all non-sale items. All right, Mace, shall we hop into the comment section and talk to the people? And first, we have one super chat coming in from our friend Logan. He says, just made four grand this morning. So I'm spreading the love. And no, it's not from DraftKings. I'm not of age, LOL. Wow, Logan, I'm curious how you made $4,000 this morning without being of age to gamble. That is very impressive. I'm happy for you, and thanks for sharing the love. Work for it. <laughs> yeah, in, in one morning. That's very in one impressive. morning, or maybe he got paid right. for work right. that, he, that, that he had done. I mean, maybe that's uh, – I was thinking, like, you got a – you got you got a side business and you're mowing lawns or something like that, and then somehow all the money came in. I don't know, but that's uh, <laughs> but congratulations. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, it, it's really cool. And David saying light shade of sixth uh, and federal. Yes, it's one block off sixth and federal. That is it, David. And congratulations, Logan. And thanks for sharing the love with us. All right, mates. Let's now hop into the comment section. And the first comment is coming in from Bronco Joe says. The question about how many bucks hats Mace has has brought me out of the woodworks. I've got upwards of 100 vintage Broncos hats and always looking for something I didn't know existed or don't have yet. I must admit, through recent years, I've worn them less and less. But I'm excited to go out this season with old school gear and hats. Let's go. Man, that is impressive. Yeah, like I'm... If you go on eBay, obviously it's a great source for that. You can find like uh, vintage hats. My, I guess my question is, do you collect like event hats? Like I'm looking right now, there for a thir- it's a pre-owned hat for thirty-one dollars and ninety-nine cents. There is a Super Bowl twelve hat, a trucker style hat. It's got the Super Bowl twelve logo in the middle. Broncos written on one side, Cowboys written on the other. Is that the sort of hat that you? Uh, collect because that'd be pretty awesome. He's got to. I mean, he he yeah. has to have that. Is he, if he's got a hundred of them. If you search Broncos vintage hats, first of all, you get like th- there are thirteen hundred listings. That's hilarious. Ooh. But you see all, you see like uh, the the classic script in even a corduroy hat. You have that trucker hat that I mentioned. The Zubas hats from the early nineteen nineties. I've got the Bucks one of that. Uh, that's a classic. It reminds you. How 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 crazy some of the designs were from uh, from past decades. Nowadays, like the draft hat, that's not a crazy design; it's just a bad design. But I love how <laughs> colorful the designs were uh, back in the in the 1990s, especially. And I think one thing 
uh, one stoop. Oh, no. Mace was just going to tell us a stupid hat, and then he dropped off. We'll have to get his answer on that when he comes back, but when we wait for him. Next one coming in from Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer. He says, I must have missed whatever RK's comment about fan bases that people keep referencing is. But if it's interesting, I'm a Broncos fan, duh, a Yankees fan. I'll be rooting for the Tigers, too, and a Mavs fan. Oh, a Yankees and Tigers fan, Kendall Hinton. Interesting, interesting, and a Mavs fan. That's like kind of on the border of uh, of those big national brands when you talk about the uh, the Yankees. They're obviously one of them. Uh, but but interesting, Mace. Okay, you got to tell us. What, what What was the stupid hat? Stupid talent that I have. That oh, it was if, a stupid talent. If you show me a picture of coaches from the 1990s on a sideline and I see what hats they're wearing, I can generally recognize any year. Oh my goodness! Based of exactly on the hat, what year it's going? Based on the hat design, I'm actually good on that. Probably up until about like uh, 2012 or so, in terms of being able to say, okay, well, that oh, they've got that specific hat, so it's it. This must be a 2009 picture, for example. Wow! Yeah. How far back can you go? Uh, well, probably only back to the early 1990s because. In the 80s, like you had the script hat that was really popular, but that mm -hmm. design and it's iconic, but they weren't changing them from year to year. Like you, that's the, the script design really held up from about you first st started seeing it a little bit in like 1983. And that design really held up until about 89 or 90. Okay. And then every, and then they started to do different things with the script hat. Like for example, you used this like, the Broncos coaches in the Dan Reeves days would wear the blue script hat with the aren't with Denver and Broncos in orange. And then they started doing different things. Like they had a white hat with the blue bill and the Bronco logo on the side of the hat. They, they started at the early nineties. They started realizing if we tweak this, if we start changing the designs year after year, we can make more money. And that's when you start seeing kind of the year by year coaches gear changing. Mm. Because mm, there was money, there was money to be made in merchandising. It's always about money, isn't it, Mace? And that's where we are now, right? I mean, in fact, like when they go to um, when the, when they have the league meetings, one of the things that coaches do is they sit down with the reps from uh, Nike and from New Era because New Era does the caps and Nike does the gear. And they show them what the designs for this year's gear are. And usually the coach will say, well, I like that. And so that's how they'll determine kind of what polos and stuff uh, are, are going to be worn on the sidelines. <laughs> Interesting. Like, oh, I, I like that. That's good. That's that, that sort of thing. And then, uh, and then like, for example, that's why you, you sometimes see one team's coach is wearing one polo and then another team's coach is wearing a, a slightly different design of, of mm. Nike polo because it's like the coach, usually the coach gets the, the final say on that. Interesting. That's why it's called that. That makes sense. Danny with a super chat says, Hey guys, do you think Javante Williams can go for 2000 yards now that we have a pass threat? And yeah, Mace is shaking his head. No. And I agree with Mace uh, for multiple reasons. First off this year, there's no chance um, because Melvin Gordon is going to be sharing the carries. Maybe it's not 50, 50, but uh, Melvin Gordon's going to be getting way too many carries. And, and Javante Williams is going to be getting way too many carries for either of those guys to get anywhere close to 2000 yards. But let's say next year, 
It's just Javante Williams in the backfield. Still no. Uh, typically, when you have guys that are running for 2,000 yards, it's because their quarterback isn't doing much special. Now, a big exception, obviously, Terrell Davis with, with John Elway. But you look at Derrick Henry. He didn't have an, a, a quarterback that was thrown for 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, 35 touchdowns. No, you, you just don't see that when you have a good quarterback. And honestly, that would really piss Russell Wilson off. Not not that his teammate was succeeding, but Mace, in order to get 2,000 yards, you got to run the ball a ridiculous amount. Yeah, more than you're going to do unless, knock on wood, unless right. something happens to Russell Wilson. Otherwise, you're not going to have the opportunities. And then on top of everything else, with Melvin Gordon coming in, like you mentioned, he's going to get his share. Mel- Melvin's not coming back to sit on the bench and carry the ball four times a game. Right. He's going to get his opportunities, especially in the red zone. I think what actually really may happen here uh, is uh, you might see Javante Williams with more yards, but Melvin Gordon being something of a touchdown vulture because mm. he because his vision lends itself to being more effective in the red zone. I mean that the one thing you know the one thing the one big thing that was as advertised for Melvin Gordon in the Broncos getting him the last couple of years is. He is an excellent red zone runner. Probably in terms of red zone vision, I would take him at this moment over any other back in the league. At wow. That, at that specific skill. It's I, good I mean, skill I would, to have, though. Right. I would take, look, I mean, for overall, yeah, you take Derrick Henry. Yeah, you take Jonathan Taylor. But at that one thing, red zone vision, vision in a, when you're on a compressed field and, com- and defenders com- compressed. I think that that's that that is the superpower that Melvin Gordon has. Ooh, that is a good superpower. Next one coming fifty two eighty P D S says love this conversation. My birthday is close to the first game of the season, and as someone who lives a short three hours from Seattle and way too far from Mile High, my fiance keeps saying that she will get us tickets for the Broncos Seahawks if it's Week One as a birthday present. If it happens, are there any other folks on the community who will join me? Well, there you go. Y'all heard him. He will He will be there. And, uh, man, I, I got to think that that is going to be a game where Seahawks fans actually aren't going to want to sell their tickets. That's that's going to be a hot ticket to get. So that is a great gift from your girlfriend, 5280. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one coming in from Denver Rivals says, Hey, guys, thanks again for mentioning my kickoff party for my fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association. I agree with RK that some of these team-specific bars pushing for other markets should show love to the Denver community. I agree with Mace ages ago that the future of sports media is focused markets that bring a personal touch to the teams they cover. Us Broncos fans get sick of Sunday night football games where Chris Collinsworth goes on and on and on about the other teams. In their defense, we haven't done much to prop up a lot of attention until this Wilson trade. My question for y'all today is, what do you think the state of the team would be in 2011 if the 2011 Tebow-led Broncos missed the playoffs? It's crazy to think that we had to rely on Phil Rivers to get a win in the black hole to send the Broncos to the playoffs. I personally think that the Broncos team could have been 10 and six if they did not choke against Kansas city and played better in Buffalo that year. DNVR fam, please donate to Denver rivals and go Broncos. Yes, please donate. That is a phenomenal cause. And of course it's very close to uh, the hearts of everyone in, in Bronco in Broncos country, especially uh, uh, with what Pat Mullen and his family uh, have, have gone through with Alzheimer's. One thing though, 2011, first of all, it depends how much they miss the playoffs by. If they miss the playoffs by a game 
or if the rate or if the Raiders win that game in in week 17 uh, and go nine and seven, knock the Broncos out. I don't think there's any change in the Broncos because they would have been eight and eight, still seven and nine. If they're right there in that range, uh, that would have been still good enough to where Peyton Manning would have thought, hey, I can come in and be the difference here. I don't think that I, I don't. So if they had just narrowly missed the playoffs, I think it's exact. I think the Broncos are in exactly the same spot yeah. uh, as they are and that they would have gone that way. And the other thing I'll, I'll just say real quick on um, on uh, on Broncos being 10 and six that year. Buffalo destroyed them on Christmas Eve. I mean, that wasn't close. That wasn't a winnable game. And Kansas City, that also wasn't a winnable game. And the thing was, you had that this is where Tim Tebow was exposed. You had defenses that were disciplined enough to have their edges stay at home and not get caught behind T, behind Tebow, kind of for, forced him in the pocket, kept him from being able to take off. And that was it. This is why Tim Tebow was not a viable long-term NFL quarterback. Those the, those last few games of the season, really starting with Lovey Smith uh, for Chicago, a game that would have been won by the Bears, if not for Marion Barber going out of bounds. Uh, once you started seeing more discipline from the edges, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Mace. I, I don't think that uh, that it would have changed if the Broncos yeah. missed the playoffs going 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, if they're 2-14... and 14, Okay, yeah, I don't oh, think yeah. Peyton Manning sees this team as being one that he can turn around easily. I'd say probably the 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 baseline would have been five or six, and the, but the thing is, the the gift that John Fox had pretty much every year, but that two and fourteen year in Carolina back in uh, twenty ten, was if he had he he'd figure things out to where they would to where even. With shaky quarterback play, they would eke out about six wins. And um, I think that if Tebow had been terrible and, and just completely useless, I think they still, it would have been maybe back to Orton. It would have been maybe Brady Quinn. Uh, they would have, it was a good defense that year, too. They would have found a way to win six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And last one coming in from NJ Bronco 85 says, my boys haven't commented in a while, but listen all the time. Been busy firefighting here in New Jersey. Thank you. Just wanted to say to drop in and say uh, you all keep me highly entertained and have single handedly kept me sane through the last few rough years. So excited th- for this year. The last pod had me laughing with the name confusion as my name is Francois and it gets butchered all the time. And I have a coworker's name who is Pavel. Love you guys and keep doing great. Thank That's you awesome. so much, New Jersey Bronco. Thank you so much. And speaking of doing great, Logan, who talk, talked about his big profitable morning, morning, he explained how he made all that money. He said, I create Star Wars replicas, mostly costumes, and I just consoled a complete set of Mandalorian armor for $3,900. Wow. wow. That is awesome. That Congratulations. Is awesome. Like that is way cool, Logan. Thanks for letting us know uh, how you made that. That is, that's really cool. Yeah. I got, is- I, I want, are, the, are these life size replicas? What are we talking about here? I, I, I would guess that uh, the that we're talking about a life size uh, set of a Mandalorian armor. Maybe I mean probably I mean I wonder if it's something that you can wear or if it's just for display. I mean like if it's if it's a set you can wear and like that can, you can be you can be uh, a Mandalorian for Halloween. 
Man, maybe awesome. uh, Nathaniel, maybe Nathaniel Hackett was the purchaser of those, or maybe it was our very own Andrew Mason. Who knows? Oh, I don't have, uh, I don't have that much money lying around right now <laughs> <laughs> to, to be spending on uh, replica yeah. sets. Man, that is awesome. Yeah. So, hey, if anyone wants uh, some Star Wars replicas, you know who to hit up. Our guy Logan in the comment section. And thanks for uh, thanks, thanks for supporting Logan. us, Logan. Yeah. And that will do it for us today. Maybe we're off to go make some own replicas of our own. No, we're heading down to Dove Valley to talk to the Broncos. We've got an awesome couple days coming up. So make sure to stay tuned to this podcast. We'll be going live tomorrow at noon. And then, of course, for the schedule reveal tomorrow at 6 p.m. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast. A country drive Now understand that you need some time I know some landmarks we used to hit We're flying cotton